Hey, everyone, and welcome to another Yoast SEO podcast. I'm joined today by a good friend from uh, one of the best cities in the world. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not allowed into the country right now. Otherwise, I'd fly over and record it with him right there because that would be loads more fun. Um, I'm joined by Michael King. What's going on, Yoast? Oh, you, you're talking about the city I live in. Hold on. I didn't show you my view. Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, so you're listening to a podcast, but he he just showed me the most gorgeous view of New York, and I'm super jealous. Um, Marika and I actually have flights booked to uh, New York and uh, uh, Orlando for the end of the year, but, but as it looks right now, we won't be allowed into the country. Mm. Well, next time you make it over, we definitely got to kick it. Yeah, we will. Um can you? What do you do? Tell tell our listeners what what your what your business is and what you do for a living because there's too much. Sure. So um, you know, my main thing is I run iPool Rank, which is a marketing agency here in New York City. Uh, we primarily do SEO and content strategy. On the back of that, we do a lot of other cool projects like machine learning stuff, analytic stuff. But the core of what we do is SEO and content strategy. And outside of that, you know, I'm also a rapper. I just put out a new record. Um, I'm also a father, which is my primary job. And I've got two awesome little children, uh, the youngest of which just had a birthday yesterday. So, yeah, well, that's congrats, me. Congrats, man. Yeah, it's it, seeing you and your gorgeous kids on Facebook the whole time is 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 very fun. Um, so as I do with these podcasts, I, mm -hmm. I ask my team like, hey, um, I'm talking to this person. In this case, I'm talking to Michael. What should I ask him? Um, and the first thing that came up was, hey, yeah, he made that incredibly cool video. And then they mentioned the wrong con conference, but it was for <laughs> you made it for MossCon. Yeah. Um, what, tell us a bit about what the video was about and why people should still go watch it. Sure. So it's called Runtime. I did make it for MozCon. And, and really the impetus for it was that they were going virtual. And for me, MozCon is like my favorite conference. Like that was the first one I went to. It's very well produced. And I always try to bring something special to it. And I was like, all right, well, if we're going virtual, let's maximize this medium. And so we made a movie. And the way I describe it is it's like Mr. Robot meets Batman, the animated series. And so um, the whole story arc is like, you know, You've got this protagonist who has to like figure out these SEO things to basically save the city of New York or whatever. And then the protagonist meets me and I walk through and give her, you know, just some new skills on things that she can do in order like to beat this SEO game. So it served two purposes. It's like edutainment, right? Because the, the parts where I'm explaining things to this character, those are all tactics you can actually do. Um, and so it's it's wildly technical. It's really fun. Um, you know, it was actually pretty ridiculous because all the code in it is code that I wrote. But I don't know about you. You code better than me. So you're probably just like everything is perfect when you're typing me. I'm messing up all the time and everything. And so <laughs> there's I, nobody who codes <laughs> like that. I mean, I, I, I look up every function. I <laughs> <laughs> I mean. And so like when I did it, you know, I, I, I typed it all out and then I erased it. And then what I did is I just played it backwards. So it looks like I code perfectly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a fun project. You know, we we did it way faster than we thought we were because we thought we had more time. And then MozCon was like, no, 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 we need this like three weeks in advance. And we're like, oh, so me and my team, we had a lot of like very late nights getting it done. But it was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
How is the the conference thing going for you now? Is it do you have in person conferences already? Uh, I did one recently, PubCon Miami, but you know people aren't really ready to be out like that right now, and so it, it wasn't um, as many people as you would normally expect. But there are certainly some people that were like, "Hey, I'm here to you know learn and and congregate and so on," and that was awesome. Um, but you know, it's kind of like a risk reward thing right now. Like, I don't think I want to do a lot of conferences right now, although I say that and I'm about to go on tour. So, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I probably won't do any more in-person conferences until, you know, mid next year or something like that. How has that been for your business? Were conferences important for your business as a... Definitely, definitely. Because, you know, primarily our business is inbound. Um until recently, we really had no like outbound salespeople. Um, and so a lot of the people that come to us saw me on stage or they read a blog post or whatever. And I haven't been blogging as much. And also now I'm not speaking as much. But we do have people doing marketing for us. We do have people doing outbound sales. And so it's not it, it's been offset by their work. Uh, but nevertheless, there was always like a big pop in inquiries whenever I did a speaking engagement. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that it, it, it would drive a lot of business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so you were one of the first that started talking about uh, a technical SEO renaissance, mm -hmm. which next to just being three awesome words in a row, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is also like, yeah, we 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 have had this period where everyone was like, no, nah, technical SEO is dead, and I'm like, mm -hmm. no, technical SEO has never been dead. Mm -hmm. It's just that we solved it all for you, and, and y'all just installed our <laughs> plugin, <laughs> and and uh, nobody was thinking about it. But it's far from dead. But how is that going in your eyes? Is, are we? Is it getting better? Um, I I think what we're seeing now is there's just more technical SEOs. You know, there's more people embracing things like Python, and you know, like building their own custom solutions, and really understanding more like how the web works. And I think that a lot of that was just missing, you know, like I'm, I'm sure you had this experience where you would present something and you would show code and people's eyes would glaze over and you'd be like, yeah, you should learn the code. And they'd be like, no, I'm never doing that. But now you have far more people who are like, yes, I'm going to learn the code and look at this thing that I've come up with and look what I'm sharing. And then, you know, you kind of have something similar to the general open source community in SEO now. And I'm not saying it's huge, but it's like a, a good sect of people that are like, you know, people like like Jono, people like uh, uh, Hamlet, rest in peace, and all these other folks who come up in the wake of that. And I think that's really awesome, you know. And at the same time, you've got more uh, SEOs, like I guess I would just call them like SEO managers who are more technical than they were before. I remember like a few years ago, you know, one of the interview questions that we would give to an SEO would be like, so you know, how do you solve for JavaScript frameworks? And they wouldn't have an answer. And now everyone has an answer. So I think that's great. I think it's great that we are all moving into that direction and also just being more adherent to the things that Google is doing and thinking about them from a technical perspective rather than just like thinking of them as like a super user, which is kind of how I would classify general SEOs. So, yeah, I think things have just gotten more. They've just gotten better. You know, I think that you're just seeing more people with technical pro prowess come into the space. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'd agree with that. And at the same time, 
I, I wish I could just repeat some of the presentations I gave a couple of years ago. <laughs> you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's every, everybody in the space has always done that. But it, no, it, it, like I, I gave a presentation. I don't know whether you were there. SMX Munich at some point on, um, hey, we should all be doing uh, testing a lot more and not mm-hmm. testing Google, but like when before you deploy a site, yeah, automated we should, we, testing. Aut- we should have automated tests to check mm-hmm. our SEO stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's still so many sites that don't do that, nah. and, it, and and it drives me nuts. I don't and like- it's not that hard, you know. No. It's something that that developers and engineers know to do anyway. And you know, when we were working with a really big e-commerce site, um, someone said to me, they're like, "Hey, are there any tests that we can put in place here?" And I remember you saying to me that there was a client that you work with that, you know, they everything they deploy, they write the test first. And then I started digging into that more, you know, because I hadn't seen your talk, but just the the idea of that, I was like, oh, why aren't we doing that? Now we do that with every client that that allows it, basically. Yeah, um, and it's, it's funny, right? That's the sort of because we we talk when you say uh, people are doing Python and data. I'm like, yeah. So basically, SEOs are getting better at datalytics mm-hmm. and yeah. and everything around that but yep. are are they really getting more technical i'm not entirely sure i i they're they're, 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 they're still not doing everything that they should be doing Fair enough. Have, we, we've got some ways to go well here's the thing i think that there's just a fundamental lack of understanding of how the internet works for a lot of people in seo and i'm and i've seen a lot more people dig into that you know yeah. like uh, especially yeah. with um the page speed stuff like more people are looking to understand like okay how do things come across the wire how does the browser actually construct the page and things like that so you're just seeing more people that are that are curious about that and i think you know a lot of that just started over the last few years so i think it's just good that we're moving in the in the right direction it's not perfect but we're making progress yeah i know absolutely it, it, it is uh, we don't have to explain HTTP anymore. To <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Now, now that we got H three, like people are now like, oh, multiplexing. <laughs> I get it. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, and at the same time, I couldn't even explain that to you. I would, <laughs> of my head. I'd have to Google that first. <laughs> so, um, as you do this, you probably come across a lot of cool new tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything cool that you've seen recently that you, that you're like that's my primary focus as far as like cool tech right now is natural language generation. And I have this ridiculous uh, dream of generating perfectly optimized content. And obviously I just said it's ridiculous because we all know it is ridiculous. But the idea is this, like we have all these tools out there right now that extract features from what ranks in the top 20 or whatever for a given keyword. And then as you write, it's like, oh, use more of these words or whatever. Why can't we just feed those into a language model and say, okay, generate me copy that speaks to this? So, I mean, I know why, but like, you know, it, it can be figured out. It's not like an impossible problem. So I'm, I've been playing with a lot of the language models. Like um, there's, there's an open source one that's like a version of GPT-3. It's called GPT-6J, I think. Um, that one's been really interesting, but everything that comes out in that space is just like, okay, let me play with that. Like, cause everything is now available via a uh, hugging face, hugging face keeps getting money and they keep like building more and more, um, 
libraries to support it. So I've just been playing with everything that comes out via them. Um, but as far as like, you know, just general SEO stuff, I feel like that space is, it's kind of broken. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, you know, a lot of these, these tools, they have all this data, but they don't actually let you access it. And then their interfaces are not powerful enough to really get insights out of. So it's like they generate these fake numbers, you know what I mean? Like these entertainment scores, basically. And they're like, hey, your whatever rating or authority or whatever is this, but it doesn't necessarily reflect what Google would think. And you can't really get the data out to then like do your own analysis on it. So it, I, I just wish that, you know, our space was like, all right, let's make more like power tools rather than trying to abstract it for the lowest common denominator. Yeah. So it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> so Power BI connectors or, or even just direct BigQuery dumps of, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. of data. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I feel your pain there. Uh, we generate a whole lot of data ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just so nice to just go into a BigQuery interface and just type your own queries. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like Botify, I think they do a, a decent job of being able to like, you can cross tab any data point that they have in there and you can export everything that they have for you. Um, I wish you know, at, at minimum, every tool had an interface like that. So then I could just get after what I'm looking for rather than just like being like, oh, there's a thousand links to this page. Cool. What does that really tell me? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, and in many ways, that's actually probably easier for them to build than a lot of interfaces. Yeah. Uh, agreed. So we should just go to Marcus and say, hey, give me the expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Marcus was on the show recently telling us all about the, uh, uh, what they're doing at right. But I think mm -hmm. that this is indeed for everyone who is a power user, you want to, you want to get access to the actual data. I mm -hmm. mean, my, my BI team is consistently like, yeah, those are nice graphs. Where's the data? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, a lot of the data and I'm, I'm not specifically picking on the link indices and all that, but you know, they'll give you data on something and it's like, are those links even still live right now? So you're like, you're, you're getting all these, you know, metrics that they derive from these, from this data, but you don't know if that's like accurate to right now. So it's like, you can't, you can't trust these things at, at face value. And I think that's the biggest, um, difference between someone who's like really understanding how SEO works and then someone who just knows how to use tools. So, um, if you came on into the industry right now, would you recommend people use these tools or how would you recommend they, they started doing SEO? <laughs> well, we don't really have anything else, so we got to use these tools. I mean, so for a lot of these things, they do the same things you can do in the browser themselves. You know what I mean? Like there's all these like page speed tools, but it's like, yo, you have your waterfall right in Chrome itself. So you don't necessarily need these. Lighthouse is built into Chrome itself. Yeah. Um, so a lot of on-page things, you don't necessarily need a lot of the existing tools for, but as far as like these data sets for links and so on, um, you know, what are you gonna do? Crawl the whole web yourself? <laughs> I mean, you could, but like, you no. don't, like it's not, <laughs> it's not realistic, right? And so, um, 
what I do is I'm just like, okay, let's get all the data from all the places and deduplicate it and then figure out what's actually real. Um, in the case of like, let's say we're talking about a backlink audit, we'll crawl everything in real time to see what's still live, what is the anchor text right now, things like that, so that we can get a sense of like, okay, you know, what is accurate here? And ideally, we would also be able to say like, okay, let's see what's actually indexed in Google as well. But of course, when you're talking about sites that have hundreds of millions of links, you can't necessarily do that. Um, but you know, it, it's it's the best we have. So that's, I guess you got to use it. <laughs> yeah. And in general, when you go into a site, what would be, uh, uh, where do you start? Do you have the same approach all the time or is that custom all the time? Uh, I basically like just look around the site and see what the site tells me. You know, like, of course, we'll do a crawl and whatever tool we're using and then there'll be a punch list and whatever. But it's really like, when you start to dig into the site, look at the different page templates and so on, that's when you truly know like what needs to be done. But at the same time, there's always like, you know, five to twin, five to ten quick wins that I see across pretty much any website, especially enterprise websites. Like they always have links pointing to pages that no longer exist. They always have links to redirects or links to 404s. They always have, um, you know, metadata issues. Uh, they always have, I'd say those are like five things that I always see. Right. And so those are all things that we can fix really quickly that shows a win right away. And then they're like, okay, yeah, now let's continue to invest in SEO. Yeah. It's internal links in general is like, it's like one of those things that I, I know myself for myself when I go into a site, the first thing you look at, okay, so what's your internal link structure like Mm -hmm. you fix like. 20 25 internal links on a small site and like boom yeah yeah you you improve stuff it's super simple and and for big sites especially e-commerce sites the internal linking structure is like one of their strongest assets you know we did a bunch of a b tests around um with like one again a big e-commerce site and we found that if we built like i think it was 200 links to any given page it pops up to the first page so and you know i know that um Dennis, when he was at eBay, they built out this whole like mechanism that pulled rankings to see what was on the second page. And then they built more internal links to that URL. And then that popped onto the first page. So it's something that, you know, it's it's not easy to do because you got to do it programmatically or you got to have people like manually adding links all over the place. Um, But if you can get that done, it becomes like a step function of growth for SEO. So that's always something that we look at, um, especially for bigger sites. Yeah, it's um, I, I, I'm going to use part of this as a promo for our Yoast SEO workouts because mm-hmm. we've actually built a workout in Yoast SEO Premium now that helps you like just add internal links to pages quickly nice. Nice. because that is one of the things that, yeah, I, I do when uh, when I go into a site. I was thinking, like, okay, what's the next step? So mm-hmm. we have Yoast SEO. It does everything for you technically. Mm-hmm. Um Basically, consider it the gym with all the tools that you need. Uh, and now Yosu Supremium is going to be your personal trainer that's going to just push you through like, hey, okay, nice. what do you need to do next? But internal linking is just such an underrated art. Mm-hmm. It, it's We've been doing that for a decade and it, it works wonders. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, people don't believe in it because they don't know. You know, there's not enough people talking about this. I know uh, Kevin Endig did a great guide to it recently, but it's one of those things you go into a company and you're like, yo, let's work on the internal linking structure. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
aren't you guys going to build more external links first? I'm like, no, 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 watch this, watch this. And then we do it and they're like, oh. And then I just call it the Mike King effect and we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is sometimes that simple. I, I do remember when I, uh, years ago, when I was still at The Guardian, um, just for fun, creating a uh, payday loans tag at, on theguardian.com uh-huh. just to show people like, all I have to do is just point 10 internal links at this and this will rank. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, and then it ranked like number five in one of the most expensive keywords on the planet. Yeah, that space is crazy. Uh, we had a client that was ranking number one there for a long time. And I didn't enjoy doing that work but i also was like yo this is one of the hardest keywords in the world so i'll take it (laughs) yeah yeah there's a lot of seo space that is not necessarily for the best keywords in people's lives yeah definitely i was i was actually kind of happy when we we didn't renew them um because you know that's that's the type of stuff that like ruins people's financial life so yeah there's a whole lot of stuff like that that I'm very happy we don't do. <laughs> yeah, like I don't do pill porn, pills porn or poker at all. Yeah. And now not payday loans either. No, yeah, no. We it, I can totally appreciate that. We've so we we've not done consulting for a very long time, but even mm-hmm. before that I've never done any of those either. So that I was just playing around with some of my friends in the SEO space who were doing that work and I was like, I can rank there. Just watch. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Hey, you've been writing a bit about personas and talking about personas in SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain how you use personas in SEO? Yeah. So my thinking around that is very much that like we as SEOs in general, we focus on intent and intent is great. You can certainly do anything you need to do with just intent. But I've always been curious about the user behind the visit so that we can zero in on you know, the context of what they're trying to do in addition to that intent. So, you know, it's one thing to to say like, hey, I want to go on a boat trip, but who's the person trying to go on a boat trip? Because there's different types of boats that different people want, right? And so um, we basically add that, we basically map our keywords to the different personas. And then we also map those keywords to the different stages in the user journey that they go with. So if you want to keep that simple, you can just use like the consumer decision journey or uh, your standard marketing funnel and, you know, just kind of leave it at that. But in some cases, when there is like a, a broader like consumer life cycle, we'll use something like that instead and then map that to the different stages. So then you have a very clear picture for content strategy. You have their intent, you have who's the most person who's likely who's the most likely person searching for it and then what are they specifically trying to do and then that way it just really informs content strategy rather than just like you trying to write just to a keyword so you're writing more to a person and then you know what they're trying to accomplish and so that way we don't end up with like very generic metadata we end up with a message for a specific person and i think of metadata as kind of like you know your your page title is what it is but your meta description is more like an advertising tagline to get a person to click. So in the same way with advertising, you want to understand like, who are you trying to target? We use personas in that way and say, okay, you know, how are we, how are we going to speak to this specific person to get them to click our result rather than another result? And so when we've done this, like this has been my approach for, I don't know, since like 2011. Um, And 
even when we don't rank better, we end up driving more clicks because we're very zeroed in to that person that's actually looking for the thing. So it's just an approach that I take. Um, you know, people have talked about personas in marketing forever. I think the first person that I saw talk about them for SEO was Vanessa Fox. Like she mentioned them in her book. It was kind of like, you know, just kind of in passing, like, hey, search your personas and what have you. And, you know, um, by the time I'd read that book, I had developed this approach from working in a big ad agency because every everyone around me was talking about personas. And I was like, hey, how do we apply that here? And then we basically built out what I just told you about. And so, you know, when I say personas, I'm not talking about, you know, just getting a bunch of people in a, in a room with post-it notes and the highest paid person in the room being like, oh, that's our consumer. Like we take a very data-driven approach to it. Um, so it, it's effectively, we're talking about segmentation of data and then writing a story on top of that for who those people are and then mapping them to keywords. Yeah, but, but it is bringing the data back to actual people. Right, exactly. because you know, it it is something that people seem to forget a lot. It's like, yeah, all these numbers are people that are yeah. doing something, and in your example of like um, someone uh, wanting to rent a boat, mm -hmm. uh, it, it entirely depends on your budget how big that boat is going to be. And <laughs> as I've recently learned, there is a very wide scale of budget for <laughs> <laughs> for renting boats. Nice. Um, so does that mean that you also uh, sometimes write or have multiple pages to tackle multiple personas or multiple, yeah, multiple absolutely. segments? Absolutely. I mean, the way I look at this is like, you're really just combining SEO with CRO, right? Yeah. Because in conversion rate optimization, you're very much thinking about your audience. And so, and a lot of people build personas for that. They build it for UX, they build it for all types of design considerations and so on. But yeah, at the end of the day, you may have to build a series of pages. And so where I believe that Google is ultimately going is, you know, more personalization in the future. And so they'll get down to the personal level with respect to mapping um, results to people and so on. And, you know, the reason why I believe that is they also have what they call affinity segments within the Google ecosystem, right? Like if you're, um, I don't remember which, ad product where you can use these. I'm guessing it's in display, but it also pops up in Google Analytics. If you've got um, the demographics and interest reports enabled, you can see, you know, each user represents or some some segment of, or some percentage of users represent different affinity segments. And you can target against that in ads, you can measure that in, that in your analytics. And so I think at some point Google's gonna be like, hey, this content matches with these segments best so that we can further refine these results in the future. So I think it's going to continue to make sense to have different uh, content assets that speak to different audiences that will then eventually map to keywords. Yeah. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. I, uh, I, I remember talking about AIDA a uh, hundred thousand years ago, similar <laughs> similar thoughts and similar mm -hmm. process around uh, yeah around this whole thing. Um, so, given all these things, uh, when you do you use personas in how you acquire uh, business yourself too? Uh, for, yeah, absolutely, uh, for absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we've got like I think we have four personas in this case, and they're more segments for us because you know. Um, 
Nah, they're personas. We built up personas. So we've got like a, a CMO level person. We've got like a marketing manager. We've got um, what's like a industry enthusiast, not someone that we're ever going to sell to, but we'll promote ourselves, our stuff. And then also we've got like a student. So someone who's just kind of learning uh, the game of SEO and, and other general marketing subjects and so on. And so we think of, you know, everyone below that like CMO person as someone that influences uh, the person above them or influences across. And so when we make our content, there are assets that we create that are for those lower tiers, but then there's content that we create that's just for that CMO. And so that way we're able to um, map the right keywords to the right segment and then have the right content for them as well. And again, this is an approach that people are taking in content marketing pretty heavily, but not necessarily in SEO, but we're just mapping that down to that keyword level. Yeah. Um, and do you use that on other platforms than just Google? Because I, I, I can see that working, for instance, on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn, Facebook. And so my earlier approaches to this before we got like better data sets was like, okay, let's just pull things from all the digital stuff to verify the things or validate the things that we learned from like the offline um, market segmentation tool. So you've got like, you know, Experian, Nielsen, I don't know what, what the equivalent is in uh, Europe, but all these like providers of data and they primarily get their data from these offline surveys. Like they send these like thousand question questionnaires out to, you know, like a representative sample of people in the US. And then they segment everybody into something like 60 or 70 groups. And then from there, you can like toggle the questions in their various tools and you'll get a picture of which group does your persona fall into. But because that's representative of offline behaviors, we then had to map that to online behaviors using um, the, the ad targeting platform. So, you know, Facebook had audience insights, um, you know, AdWords had the keyword planner. Um, LinkedIn has its thing for you can set where you can set up ads and so on. And so you can then toggle in different features and see, okay, how big is that audience online? So that would be a way for us to verify that, that audience existed. Um, and then also you had like Hitwise, which would then um, integrate with these tools and tell you, okay, here's the persona that you're going after. Here are the keywords that they are actually searching based on the data that they're getting from their panels. So it was a completely data-driven thing, like end-to-end, uh, but it just required a lot of validation of what we knew from offline. Now we have more data sets online, so we don't have to do so much of that. And is that data that you've built yourself or that you just buy somewhere? It's buying. We're buying it from a variety of places, um, you know, because otherwise we'd have to build our own panel of, of people and collect all that data and so on. Yeah. Okay, clear. Um, so you do all of this and you're obviously damn good at it. And um, then suddenly you decide, you know what? I, I came into this from a rapping career. Mm -hmm. Let's get back into it. What was yeah. that? And why? I mean, is that just turning 40 and, and, your, <laughs> and your midlife crisis kicking in? <laughs> I mean, you could call it a midlife crisis. But yeah, you know, as as I was about to turn 40, you know, like early in 39, I, I laid out a bunch of goals, one of which was writing a book. 
Um, and I, or no, one of which was getting a book deal to write a book, which I did. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to make a record that I was really proud of. And now that I'm good at marketing, like I'll actually market the record and see where it goes. And, um, you know, I sat with my business coach. I was like, yeah, I want to do this. And he's like, well, if you don't actually make time for it, it's not going to happen. And he's 100% right. So I booked a week in the studio in Philly. I live in Brooklyn now. I'm from Philly, though. And just to, like, get out of my context of being in business and, you know, managing or contributing to the management of my children. Don't want to take away from B how much she does because she's awesome. Um and, you know, I just sat down with a bunch of beats that I've been collecting over the years because I've had a bunch of false starts. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do a record. I'm going to do a record. And so I just like started recording. And then there's a couple of tracks that I did that I just like really, really liked. And so I reached out to the producer. I'm like, yo, you're just going to produce the whole thing. He's like, cool. And he sent me a bunch of tracks. And then I just kept going back. I did like another week and then I did another couple of days. And, you know, I quickly had a new album. And I was like, cool, well, let me drop this at 11.59 the night before my birthday so I can meet my goal of dropping it before I turn 40. And that's what I did. And here we are. Yeah, and and honestly, I feel problematic about it. Why? Because I don't want you to succeed in that because then (laughs) then we'd lose you in the SEO space. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think eventually you're going to lose me in the SEO space anyway. And what I mean by that is like, you know, how much more, how many more audits can I do? How many more blog posts can I write where I'm like, hey, hey, let's consider something different. Like, I think, I think I've, I've done a lot. You've obviously done a lot as well for this space. Like you, you're optimizing 30% of the web. Who else can say that? Or 40%. I don't know what it is at this point. 42. Um, yeah. 42%. <laughs> My bad. Anyway. Um, so, you know, I think, I think at a certain point. I've been doing SEO for 16 years now. Um, at a certain point, you got to do something else. And I, I want to build software. I want to launch more businesses. I want to write more books. You know, like there, there's not going to be, I probably got like three, four more years left in me for SEO. No, I know. And I'm just playing with <laughs> you as well, because in, in many ways, I, I can feel the pain of wanting to do more and, and mm-hmm. go different directions. Um yeah. So I yeah I I I do wish you most of uh, most of the best with that. I can't <laughs> really say anything else. Um, I I I do wonder what though is it hard because you're running that agency on your own while well, you, you've got your people of course, but mm-hmm. but you're stepping away for uh, to do other stuff. Is that manageable? Is that doable? Yeah, so I have an awesome operations person now. And, you know, her name is Cammie Hess. She uh, used to be with Eric Inga a number of years ago. So she she's already done what we're trying to do, like as far as taking us from where we are to where I want to go, not necessarily so that we get acquired or whatever, but as far as like the revenue growth, she's already done it. So she very much understands our space. She's awesome with the team. Um, I suspect, you know, this time next year, like I won't need to be so involved. And what I'm transitioning towards is like just being more involved in sales, more involved in our marketing and more involved in in like our R&D stuff. So we've got 
um, you know, a gentleman named John Merch, who's like building software for us. We're really looking to build out that team. Uh, we're kind of in the era of like SEO super teams right now, right? Like you're seeing Shopify scoop up everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, you know, we're trying to scoop up a bunch of awesome people as well and just keep going in this direction of innovation. Because even if I had stopped doing SEO, I, I'm still passionate about the improvement to the space. And that's always been my thing. Like I've always just wanted to come up with awesome things, share it and then see what people do with it. So um, yeah, I, I think it's manageable just because I have an awesome team. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I'm happy to see that. And, and I was also a bit in awe of like, how do you manage to do all of this? <laughs> and uh, I, I sort of felt the pain looking at, at it from the side, like that, that must be tough managing this right. Um, so what can we expect next over the coming years from you? I mean, now that you you're doing like free things, I'm I'm just not sure anymore what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, more, you know. So I, I definitely am gonna finish this book. Um, hoping that we can drop it within the first quarter of 2022. Um, we got a couple software projects that should be coming pretty soon, and. Uh, really trying to ramp up the content that we're getting out, you know, just in a variety of different ways. So uh, I've always wanted to do this kind of like last week tonight or daily show for SEO. And my uh, marketing lead, Garrett Sussman, he just started doing that. So we're, we're just trying to do more and more things, you know, just trying to be more of a content brand. And me, I'm trying to be like a media mogul. <laughs> a media mogul just just doing everything and just owning it all That's, yeah exactly exactly yeah. okay well i i I, can, I think i can see you do that so cool. um is there anything that we that you'd want to share with our listeners that where you go like this is stuff that you need to look at right now I mean, just go to iPoolRank.com. We keep putting out cool stuff. We, we've got a few more guides coming out that I think are going to be some of the better ones in our space. Um, you know, uh, a gentleman on my team named Colt Sleva, he's been doing a lot of real cool stuff. He just put out this, this cool tool for um, layering data for your analysis. Um, but yeah, just keep watching what we're doing. We, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming. And that's it. Cool. Well, um, with that, I'm just going to say, hey, thanks, everyone, for listening and tuning in and listening to this awesome Mike. Thank you, Mike, for being here. Uh, thanks I, for having I, me. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll get you back in, in about a year and see whether you've got a new record by then. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, thanks, um, it, it, if you go to iPoolRank, do make sure to also actually look at Mike's record. We'll share notes for that, uh, links for that as well. Because yeah, bestrapperever.com. Yeah, he's he's not shy of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, with that, if you haven't subscribed yet, do subscribe on your favorite platform of choice, uh, and uh, see you next time. Bye bye.